Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Ceasefire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 376, and today we'll be talking about a lying witch and a warden from the Owl House. I'm GC13. I'm Soren. And I'm David. What's up? Got a name. He, him. Hey, what up, Soren? The Owl House has brought you back. Any fans of Sophia are now fans of Soren. Correct. So I feel like with a lying witch and a warden that, like Luke Skywalker, I have taken my first step into a much larger world. Uh, so let's see. In our first introduction to Luz and the Wonderful Boiling Isles, uh, we learn about um, a magic door, a magic lady, and a not very magical demon little boy dog that, um, you know, is very cute. And it is very much a very piloty Disney sort of thing, except that it also includes a lot of uh, weird violence and horrible looking <laughs> creatures and not quite PG fantasy world. But uh, overall, no, this is um, very cool. <laughs> this is crawling with Alex Hirsch. Yes! He's in here as, like, a, I think, a character or a writing, um, advisor, but, like, this is his sense of humor, this is his world building, like, he's got his dirty little hands all over this, which is why it feels, like, so vulgar. (laughs) The art style even reminded me of Gravity Falls, that's how I described this to someone, as the, the Owl House looks like Gravity Falls. Yeah, with some, like, a few like key design differences especially the way they do the eyes i, I will say you mentioned king uh david and i the, 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 as soon as i saw hmm, cute little person in a magical world what are the odds that he becomes like huge and scary at some point and then they they introduce that as oh yeah he's supposed to be huge and scary want to make him huge and scary okay <laughs> and then he gets the crown and he stays small and cute because it's a burger king crown i'm sorry did i say burger king i meant burger queen copyright 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 we're not getting paid to advertise Burger King, so we're not advertising Burger King. This is not an endorsement of Burger King. As a matter of fact, I prefer Carl's Jr. You know, or In-N-Out. Ew. Aren't you from Texas? How do you know what In-N-Out tastes like? It's bad. French fries are delicious. That's all I know. That's all that I care about. Listen, as a native Californian, In-N-Out is not that good. It's like equal to five guys at its best. You know, luckily, there's a conformatorium right nearby that uh, can fix your opinion on this matter. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about the conformatorium for just a moment, because that was laying it on awful thick. Like, I don't know what I was expecting out of the Owl House, but it was not this. <laughs> it's, I it's... enjoyed it. I enjoy how it's just like... Hey, guys, guys, the conformatorium is like her, her what was it, reality camp. Guys, guys, this is an awful place. Hey, hey, guys, being weird is cool, right? I I think it's Alex Hirsch's type of humor where it's like, if it's going to be on the nose, like, he's going to be self-aware about it. I say it as if he's, like, the only, like, he is not the director of the show or the creator of, but it just strikes very similar chords as Gravity Falls in that, like, it's very uh much pointing out when it's doing things, right? When it's following tropes, when it's doing that sort of thing and i don't know i kind of like it yeah i mean between the like three recent disney cartoons with the big deep lore you know star versus the force of evil and gravity falls and the owl house they all have this similar disney cartoon sitcom sensibility where also (laughs) it's mixed with a modern cartoon 
deep lore nonsense and you know uh, like i feel like i piloted that no it's not nonsense it's amazing it's nonsense <laughs> because of the deep obsession that we all get to form around it <laughs> okay okay so like you're mentioning cartoon nonsense and the first thing i thought is can portable tvs really be powered just by two double oh. a's because that blew my mind is that a thing yes i mean also loses phone can connect still to cell towers so Episode one, there's some weird human world connection stuff going on. Yeah, I was wondering about that. What was the, where, where was it that we were talking about recently where they were getting bizarrely good cell coverage? I don't even get cell coverage in my own house. <laughs> and she just has a door that's connected to a house in the woods. And she's getting like five bars. Oh, and the door's not even always open. Well, the, the yeah. door connecting the human world. The one that, uh, you know. Ida just conveniently has and is a very important thing later on. That was so crazy. I spent this whole show like, oh, should should I not spoil later episodes? Eh, I'm fine. I feel like we could talk about this within the context of, yeah, the show. Yeah, because I was so looking forward to, like, the big backstory of how Ida got her hands on a freaking secret thing that has access to the human world like she made it with her super powerful witch powers. No, she just found it in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, to be fair, that sounds like a pretty owl house way to put that in her hands. I mean, she's using it to collect garbage and sell it to rubes, so. Yeah. Which, <laughs> of all the things she could have been using to, like, garner a profit, it became, like, the Mystery Shack 2. <laughs> that's so true i mean she threw away the holy grail so that tells you that tells you what her value knowledge of human artifacts is i'm just reminded of the i mean it's not just rocco's modern life sucker for the succomatic they do this sequence all the time or like steven universe where he's like throwing away silver dollar because it's <laughs> worthless he wants a quarter not all the quarters he could buy with the silver dollar he wants the quarter right now mm -hmm. And she's throwing away valuable artifacts like a diamond ring, the holy grail, but the goofy, the wacky glasses that Steven got from the pearl prize pouch. Now that's worth some money. <laughs> yeah, it's, um... It's funny because she doesn't need glasses. I mean, if, if the money were transferable, if there was like a, a human world money to demon world money bank, you know, she could just steal expensive things in the human world, sell them in the human world, and then just like convert the money because yeah. that would be wildly more successful she could just steal one expensive thing buy a bunch of garbage and then sell that for huge amounts of uh money in her world yeah does she need money why do does she like things does she like money it's never <laughs> been a point of the show that she needs I think she the just money. likes being a little gremlin who <laughs> yes uh breaks the law <laughs> like, that's the whole thing not every show has to be Outlaw Star, where the main characters are constantly worried about, okay, how are we going to eat food? How are we going to, you know, supply our big ship that keeps getting attacked by people? You know, maybe she just likes to have money. Yeah, the premise is so goofily set up in this pilot because <laughs> she really just, like, steals away a human for a whole day because she wants to kind of play games and play around. She's not really deeply interested in solving the iniquity of her society. <laughs> She's pretty free to ignore it, even though it directly affects her. Uh, the people who should be, like, super intimidating and who have sequences in this episode which are intricately animated 
to make you think, wow, they made Bismuth look really scary, is just turns out to be crushing on her. Like, her whole life is this silly game. So much different <laughs> from, you know, where they, where they try to develop it later. But uh, a, total, a total playground to, you know, lure Luz in and make her uh, want to stay. But yeah, it's just funny because Ida, like, knowing Ida now, it still totally makes sense. <laughs> but like <laughs> there's nothing truly dangerous yeah if if she were like a sims character her like traits would be likes breaking the law and very little else <laughs> yeah. um but shadow think, weaver she ain't <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but something on the on like the more serious sense is that this show was kind of pointing out that Ida was like being very much bogged down by her curse at this time like she was just living alone like Really, just her being with King was the only thing keeping her, like, functioning. Because she was mm -hmm. mostly just, like, you know, like, potion today, sell the stuff, you know, dead on the inside, keep going. Like, I don't know. I, I just got this kind of, like, vibe from her, and that's why she's, like, so thankful of Luce in her life. Because, uh, you know, gives her a, a reason to get up in the morning. Yeah, that's true. Got your little uh, ray of sunshine character. Luz is kind of giving me Molly McGee vibes. I mean, it's it's not like your glowworm is going to be a very rare character archetype for a kid's cartoon, but I love to see my glowworms out there in the wild, you know? Yeah, I like her. I like how she, she brought snakes to school. <laughs> oh, I... I, I don't understand. I thought... I think it was very unfair to send her to the principal's office over the whole eye thing. Like, okay, I can understand the spider breath uh, sending her to the principal's office, but just, you know, doing her eyelids up like that? What kind of whiny crybabies are you guys? <laughs> you haven't been to a public school in a while, have you, GC? <laughs> it's been, um, not as long as I'd like it to have been, but it's been <laughs> Yeah, no, especially in, like, really, like, snobby... Uh, elementary schools where you know all the parents do the homework for their kids because they want their they want their kids parents with too much free time <laughs> really like care if one of their kids is friends is being bad influenced by being weird mm -hmm. uh, so you've experienced the conformatorium firsthand well yeah and i've also been a daycare teacher for kids and it was like you would always get those those freaking hoa parents who <laughs> had opinions about other kids in the class and wanted their kids to, like, be very a certain way. And I was just like, I don't think you've been around kids enough to know that they're all like that. And just really weird. Focus on yourself, honey. Yeah. I like the, I like the cat ear hoodie, by the way. As a, as a cat myself, I, <laughs> I feel seen. Uh-huh. I mean, she was just waiting for the right opportunity, which was great. <laughs> it's like, finally, I could use it as a disguise. I, I think the only reason that Luth doesn't have a Pikachu hoodie is because Disney doesn't own Nintendo yet. <laughs> the brand synergy could have been so much more real. Yeah, because Luth would play so much Pokemon. <laughs> like, like, the saddest part about being on the Boiling Isles is there's no Pokestops. Not just <laughs> any Pokemon. You're right, she would be playing Pokemon Go, not, not Game Boy Pokemon. And she would be, like, the sad one who's out playing by herself, because you see them every time there's a meet. There's, like, the one person who doesn't play because they have friends. They just play because they like Pokemon. And I'm just like, I'm so sorry you couldn't get anybody to go with you. 
Because I've been there, I've been there, one of my Mun Pokemon Go friend couldn't show up, and so I'm at the meet by myself, and I'm like, hi. I promise I'm not this much of a loser in person. <laughs> so, as you can imagine, I very much identified with Luth in this show. She's so adorable. And, and I love how they made her Latina. I did not idly uh, liken her to Molly McGee. That is a, that is a very apt comparison. How do you spell it? McGee? M-C-G-E-E. She's got her own show with Dana Snyder. The the voice of Meditate and Melvin, and I'm pretty sure no one else. Oh, Disney Oh, okay. She's another cartoon character. GC likes spitting out the cartoon character references fast, you know? Another one making the rounds on Tumblr. I ignored Star vs. the Force of Evil because I wasn't too into the art style. But another one that was really going off on Tumblr that I've been putting off watching was, um... Oh, Frog Show? Was, mm, yes, Amphibia. Yes! Amphibia. Frog Show! That's also on our hit list. Next week, let's go. That's what I'm hoping. I don't know where we're going to find the time. We have new Summer Camp Island episodes hitting December 9th. This is going to be a packed schedule, guys. <laughs> I'm finally getting to be back in my fantasy wonderland of, you know, actually, like, covering a bunch of cartoons. It's great. <laughs> that are actively running. Yeah, I forgot. Remember Summer of Steven? And we were just like, that was just a trance <laughs> that I passed through that summer where I was like, oh god, it was literally five new episodes of Steven. I was like, exhausted. Yeah, wasn't it multiple weeks too? It was It was like, for like two months. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, we can't wait to set up Infinite Hiatus. It's gonna be great. <laughs> and everyone was like, nobody asked for this. Like, thank you, but also please don't sit us with a two-year hiatus after. And then they did. Yeah, it's uh, it's much better to watch these shows after they've aired and just watching the episodes all nice together and it actually tells a cohesive story. Yeah, not under like a panic. Yeah, like God. I just finished Steven Universe and it's like, oh, this actually like paces out so nicely. Whereas when I was watching it live, we were all going, where's Parada? <laughs> where's Lapis? I need my Lars back. Where are these characters? It felt so yeah. long when there were those yeah. gaps and then you watch it and you're like, actually space this out quite nicely how nice <laughs> so it's nice to come back to owl house with uh with similar things it's, it's something i still need to do with gravity falls too where like the last yeah. four episodes took two years to air right so the feeling is much different oh my god that's what when people complained about the hiatuses for steven universe I'm, i was always like at least it's not as bad as the hiatuses of gravity falls and now i'm worried that the owl house is going down the same route i'm like how long ago was your last episode uh-huh. and like what are these what are these gaps looking like? I, ugh, I just, I, I, I can't go through that. Not again. I'm not strong enough. The summer of Steven, I was You're ripping like, my hair out. I was like, I was at work and then school and I had to like turn off my phone because I always looked on Tumblr when I was bored and nobody tags or freaking spoilers. So I was like <laughs> stressfully having to hide Tumblr in one of my folders. So I didn't keep opening it out of habit and then going home desperately or I'd watch the episode on my lunch break. And it was just hell. Oh my god, hell every night. And for two months. And then I'd have the weekends to like calm down and then it started all over again and the theorizing and the notes and the fandoms and the subreddit. <laughs> I was losing my mind. That those two months easily took like two years off the end of my life. <laughs> I, I do have a question about this episode though. Ah, yes. At the very beginning, they're showing the they're showing that animated sequence of her playing with her action figures for her book report. And I'm like, were we supposed to be faked out by this? Because I was not able to be faked out by that because I'm like, oh, 
yeah, I recognize that's the main character, but that's not what she looks like. So this must be a fantasy sequence, as, you know, would be fairly common to open up a series like this, which is basically an isekai series. So, yeah, I mean, you know, main character goes from mundane world into magical world. So you would expect to open up with the character fantasizing about living in a fantasy world. That makes sense. Love how the equivalent of Harry Potter exists in the magic world and that people read it actively. I mean, somebody writes fan fiction about food falling in love, so it takes all kinds. Yeah, but they do it in this universe as well. I could easily find that sort of thing, but I won't. Okay, so does that mean that fluorite is really just gem stew? Think about it. Yeah, yeah, GC. I'm mixing my fandoms. Mi- mi- mixing six gems in a pot to bring somebody's fanfic into your own. Some some <laughs> fantasy fanfic into your own. Oh, oh I see. Oh, I see. Okay, now I remember who Floyd is. Um, Polly Grandma. Yes. Big nose. Big, big centipede. Who are you calling Big Nose? Big Nose. <laughs> There's a much bigger nose in this That's episode. SpongeBob. What is that? Hilarious little <laughs> triangle. The little nose, nose monster. Believes the world itself is a triangle. Yes. Voiced by, may I remind you, voiced by Dana Terrace. So the creator yes. of the show was like, hmm, I want to voice a character. I'm going to voice the little nose girl. <laughs> Why didn't he just voice one of the camp counselors? What? <laughs> what are you no. talking about? Camp counselors in the show? Reference to Summer Camp Island, David. I can't. I can't on you to know these things, you David. Want, but why do you want the same little nose girl to also be a witch in another show? You're mentioning. I'm yeah, like sure. thinking of of <laughs> shows that started in in that are set in campgrounds, and there's Camp Laszlo. There's Total Drama Island. What else? Shout out to my Camp Camp fans on the internet. Stir, that's, that's, that's not a lot, but it is a lot. Why are so many shows set at camps? <laughs> is it because kids go camping? Because kids will know what, a camp, what camping is? I want to see a cartoon set at an extremely, like, lore-diverse Home Depot. <laughs> that would relate to a very specific podcaster, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, like, there's lore. I- I'm gonna be real here. There is Home Depot lore. Like, it goes very deep. Like, I can create a web of the relationships going on in that freaking store. You don't need sleep, you need answers? <laughs> I mean, we already got our amazing retail-based uh, cartoon, OKKO, May He Rest in Peace. So. Yeah, but here's the thing. Kids don't work in retail, so they're not gonna find it as relatable. So we're not gonna get a whole lot of shows set in a retail minimum wage mm-hmm. job environment where like that's the whole premise right versus camp ones where it's like the whole premise is you are at camp right it's camp yeah but i was uh just as the as the credits rolled and i and i watched lose running you know just walking through that uh city with all that uh wonder in her eyes it's just my ears heard started hearing the song ruby soho because that is the you know, of course, entrance music for a wrestler who took oh the name Ruby Soho from that very song. And it's just so I can hear in my head blaring, Destination Unknown, as uh, she's just looking at... And Ruby Soho even took the nickname The Runaway, so... I mean, what is what is Luz here but a runaway, so... Uh, I, I headcanon Ruby as, like, Luz's big sister or something. Did you like the show El Tigre? GC. Uh, I never actually watched that one, no. 
And you call yourself a fan of wrestling. I know, I need to go back and find it. I watched it a lot, actually, and I found its premise really funny as a kid. Um, There you go. Another thing I like about The Owl House is all of its episode titles are, like, hilariously cheesy puns and wordplay about other fantasy things. Like a lying witch and a warden, obviously. Yeah, it's clearly about um, the Goblet of Fire. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, that made me laugh. Hey. So, uh... Do love me some C.S. Lewis. Knock knocking on hootie's door that was good and it's funny because like the children would get most of none of those Mm -hmm. right like a a child me would not understand any of those references i'm looking ahead to witches before wizards and i'm already wanting Mm -hmm. to high five whoever came (laughs) up with that one i was was a teenage abomination and then there's a couple that are like normal and then hootie's moving castle like how many how how, how many eight-year-olds are watching ghibli (laughs) <laughs> it's it's an adult kid thing, right? Where you were like a weird nerd. So yeah, title game on point, I will admit. Yes. Anyway, guys, that's been us on A Lying Witch and a Warden. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. I'm Soren. And I'm David. Care to do the honor, Soren, of asking to leave a review? Leave us. Re- oh, that's right. That was the thing I did. Mm-hmm. It's all. Oh, it's you. been a while. Yeah. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit lunarceasefire.com. <laughs>